We'd like to welcome you back to part three of our current event and weekly Bible study for July 29th, 2019. Next report. This is, um, I'm going to read some things that came into Steve Quayle's website on the Q Alerts, um, which I guess he's going to stop doing, and you're going to have to go to some subscription, I guess, to see these now from what he indicated on his site. Um, so these are probably the last of the Q reports you'll ever be seeing unless you get the subscriptions. I just want to give you a heads up there. Albany, Oregon. Um, she said, hi, Steve. I thought I'd pass this text along I received from my daughter. She and her husband and son live in Albany, Oregon, which is just about in the middle of the Wilmanite Valley. Wil Willamette, I'm sorry, Valley. Mom, okay, this is what she got from her daughter. Mom, it's happening. You were right. Just left Walmart. They have bare spots all over the shelves, lots of them, limited choices on random and other non-food items too. They're rearranged, I think, to make it look full, but it wasn't. I've been going there for a long time. I can see the difference. I pointed out to Chris, who must have had tunnel vision. Oh, I guess that's her husband. He stopped to look around and finally noticed how low in stock the shelves are. Plus, I noticed an odd thing, Mom. The majority of the regular-sized stuff, food or not, wasn't available. It's been jumbo or supersized. Um from toilet paper to grapes even though we we might have not been able to afford the extra food food we got today i bought stuff like rice and beans etc what i saw today gave me a lump in my throat and an invisible weighted feeling that hasn't left yet next report food sh shortages showing up from a friend um from north carolina and this is was written to hawk hawk is associated with steve quayle he has a um like an, a radio show Hawk, yesterday I stopped at Harris Teeter, which is a grocery store here. They had no French cut beans and some green beans. Some peas, I did not see any canned carrots. They had corn and cream corn. Not as much as usual. I am starting to see spaces on many items, but you really have to look because they pull the cans forward and you cannot see behind them. I noticed a few weeks ago in food country when I was looking for canned beets, I had to get on my hands and knees to look forward and the back of the bottom to get two cans the i'm sorry the bottom of the shelf to get two cans when i shopped it looked like a store does when people are getting ready for a snowstorm or a blizzard the more expensive items are available though just not like they used to be i have spoken with mary who runs the local dollar general she told me she's not getting the food in like she used to she said that she has to put orders in but has no control of what is being delivered also in the food line they have the policy of putting the extra stock on top of the shelf there and it is not much stock there anymore when I go food shopping, I try to pay attention, as you say, uh, eyes to see. It surprises me how many folks do not have that. I do not think they realize a storm is coming. Okay, now I just got this from my buddy, that my listener and buddy that we go out and we go and we pray over the cursed places, Greg. And um, he, he lives in the same area I do. And he said, I just went to Walmart this morning for some groceries. I noticed the sign of shortages were gone, at least at this Walmart. Also, no real open spaces of missing food, but I noticed they spread the shelves apart. You can you can be even. I'm not sure what he means there. You can see some spots on the floor where the shelves used to be. They also moved the baby foods over with the normal foods. Baby food used to be in the baby clothes section. Now the clothes and the diapers are such... Now the clothes and the diapers are still in baby section, but the baby food snacks formula are where the normal food is now. It takes a good section of that row up. A, this is a sneaky way to take up missing shelf space for food that is no longer available. Okay, so I just got that before I went to air. Um, 
this just broke today irrigation tunnel collapses and cuts off 100,000 acres of farmland in wyoming and nebraska state of emergency is de declared i'm just going to play uh, about five minutes of this video here like every night every night there's another state of emergency declared every night there's some kind of mass bug invasion or just uh news coming out that they are fiddling with the weather which we'll get into that here in a little bit irrigation tunnel collapses and cuts off a hundred thousand acres of farmland in wyoming and nebraska state of emergency declared Officials in Nebraska and Wyoming are scrambling Thursday to respond to an irrigation tunnel collapse that cut off water to more than 100,000 acres of farmland in both states. So now, on top of the floods, on top of all the missing farmers, we have this going on. It's like they do not want crops to grow whatsoever anywhere. The 14-foot-wide tunnel that collapses part of the Fort Laramie Irrigation Canal that runs above and below ground, delivering water from a pool created by the Diversion Dam on the North Platte River in East Wyoming and Western Nebraska. Let me get this on down. So they'll have no chance of rain for quite a while here. Let's see here. So... This was a 102-year-old tunnel. Engineers are currently working on a temporary fix to shore up the tunnel. $2 million could take up to 25 days to complete. The collapse caused water to back up on the white. But the thing is, is 25 days, if there's all a whole bunch of crops dependent upon that, all the crops are going to be dead if they're dependent upon that in a 25-day period side and burst through the i mean unless they got rain which you know but i'm sure they'll probably make sure there's no rain in that region because of how they control and manipulate the weather like we told you those walls and then the breach flooded nearby farmland and prevented any more water from flowing down the canal so this thing provides water to about fifty-five thousand acres of farmland So just more attack on the farmers. The failing infrastructure. This happened a couple days ago. Vancouver waters turned blood red. Tourists and locals were treated to an insanely red harbor in the waters of Vancouver. Okay, okay. I'm, he goes on and on and on there. But I just wanted to kind of cover that real quick on... Uh... He, he covers a ton of different topics. He does like over an hour long video or an hour up to an hour and a half, I think, almost every night. So, But I just wanted to reiterate that because we're talking right now about the food shortages. And like I said, if, they, if they're able to blow Orville and it floods that Central Valley in, in California, that's going to be another gigantic, huge blow. In addition to all the flooding that still continues and persists in the Midwest. He lives in the Midwest and he can drive, he says, three hours and it's still flooded. Through our journeys and he's just seen all flooded farmland still from all the um, generated rain from, uh, you know, the man-made generated rain. They 
did that on purpose by design. Now, here were, here was another thing. Now, I'm not saying this is the case, but this was on the Steve Quayle Q alerts. And global famine by 2526. 26 so by the year 25 26 all growing will have to be done indoors look into hydroponics and spray i'm not saying this is gospel truth this is going to be the case but this is what they're saying and evidently steve quayle thinks this is a reliable source and i am seeing a lot of indicators that we're going to have less and less uh crop production and food production and they're doing everything they can do to sabotage that anyways we just talked about so valentina Zorokova and eight other brilliant people are monitoring the earth changes uh they're predicting they were predicting global famine by 2028 but now they've moved that ahead to 20 2025 to 2026 um, below 30 degrees meaning 30 degrees latitude on the globe now i give you a picture of a globe here it's one of those i don't know like oval shaped globe pictures where it has all the the uh, continents on there and on there you can see the degrees okay so 30 degrees is um like it goes right through the top of florida okay that's the 30 degree line below 30 degrees uh the crops will be reduced by 20 percent of what we grow now now 45 degrees now 45 degrees is um uh, looks like it's about at the top of the united states okay 45 degrees and above will have zero food production so i guess you could say canada would have zero food production what they're predicting uh, anything 55 degrees north in europe will be knocked to zero food production so i okay look i'm sorry below 30 degrees okay will be reduced by 20 percent so I'm not 100% sure what will what the food production will be, will be between 30 and 45, but it'd have to be unbelievably lower. If anything above 45, we'll have zero food production. You know, I don't know how much less, but it's what they're saying. We're looking at a 4,000 to 12,000 year event is what they're saying. We have five. We are five years ahead of schedule. Solar and plasma physicists say full blown ice age with 200 feet of ice over chicago by 2050 now we don't have that much time okay i, I believe jesus christ could be back way before that ever happens and i'm not here to work you into a frenzy and get you all dependent upon stuff like this but it does relate to what we're talking about here and it's worth merit at least mentioning what they're predicting is global famines coming and food and water is one of the greatest and easiest ways for them to control the masses because you got to have it to live. So they go on to say, I've begun moving my growing operations indoors, which has a unique skill set necessary to grow. You have to have that to grow indoors. Uh, then they have an update. It is critical to note that scientists are now looking at data coming in every few seconds. Every few seconds, really? Okay, whatever. That is how quickly things are changing. Steve Quayle says, keep in mind that all the volcanic events will further add to the grand solar minimum which is what we're in now and you'll notice the bright blue skies are seeming to dim as in the days of dark as the days of darkness approach well some of that is because they're they're chemtrailing but don't worry trump's in charge of the chemtrail program now and they're healing chemtrails also a pole shift is underway 
which will accelerate the eruption of volcanoes and um, earthquakes in different areas. Okay, maybe, I don't know. I've heard a lot about that. Uh, as these events take on visible new meaning affecting everyone. All right, here's another one from Steve Quayle. And Steve Quayle says, Celeste, who put this information out, is one of the most informed people on the planet due to her background. You could take this information to the bank. It's not flattery, but the truth. That's his words, not mine. I don't know who this is, but he seems to think that she's the bee's knees. So after going through a thousand pages of documents released from the United Nations last week on food control, the bottom line on food is this. They are going to break down food on a caloric level, but not calories as you and I know know them. It will be a dietary energy supply or DES. Now this is what they're saying in this thousand pages, thousands of pages of documents that the UN has released. Okay, and remember, they're always going to bury this within thousands of pages, so they're hoping that nobody will actually ever read through it. But, they, but they're also going to say, well, we warned you. Because from a Kabbalistic principle, that's what they do. Dietary energy supply, or DES, will be defined as food available for human consumption, expressed in kilocalories per person, per day. That will be one thousandth of the current caloric guidelines, minus what is stated below. At the country level, it is calculated as the food remaining for human use after deduction of all non-food utilizations, which are production costs, imports, stock withdrawals, exports, industrial use, animal, animal feed, seeds, and wastage. This includes loss of usable products occurring along distribution chains from farm gate or port of import up to retail level. I did an article seven, several years ago where the UN floated that a person would get 30 grams of food which included all your protein, carbs, and sugars once every three weeks. This is equivalent to a three-quarters of an energy bar that evidently you would get from the UN every three weeks. The rest of your food energy would be from vegetables and insects. And I've noticed this big trend in like uh, the supplement market and where they're going over to all plant-based protein. And then... A lot of these companies in the supplement market are going over to insect protein, like grasshoppers and stuff of this nature in like energy bars. And I'm like, who on God's green earth would buy this garbage? I mean, it's disgusting what they're putting in a lot of these things. But see, they're trying to get us all conditioned to accept this. Have your, have your, your, your grasshopper energy bar. And they're using all the slick, clever marketing to try to get you to, to eat this garbage. Oh, gross. So I'm seeing this in what they're doing. And um, the, so, the, yeah, the rest of your food energy after your three quarters of an energy bar you got once every three weeks would be vegetables and insects. But since there will be no production of vegetables due to climate chaos, that leaves insects only in lab food or synthetic biology frankenfood and in um, frankenmeat. Um that's all you'd have for your food. So this is the state of our food situation. Okay, it's coming. So, um, like I said, I've told you, you know, I would try to get, you know, your storable foods and however the Lord leads you, you know, pray fast, do whatever it takes because I don't want to tell you what to do. I just want to give you the, you know, kind of the, what's going to happen here, what's going on here, what we're actually looking for. And um, it's, 
it's here it's here unfortunately then greg also emailed me my my local listener that i go out and pray with um and this is entitled water nasties brain eating amoebas i saw this article today in fayetteville north carolina fayetteville is where greg had moved from which is i don't know it's like due southeast of our position probably if you drive there it'd take me a few hours to get there from where we're at in the hickory area um it's where a big um, military base is and he's i had already saw this but greg forwarded this to me and he said i saw the article today we're in fayetteville north carolina it's called fantasy lake water park a man died of a brain-eating amoeba and i mean he died quick i was told it is uncommon but this is all over the place we all used to love swimming there so he used to go there large tarzan swings zip lines water slides and high dives i never heard of that before i mean i guess the brain eating amoeba also you have all the flesh eating bacteria from the gulf coast all the way up to delaware was the furthest north i had heard of it now part of this i believe is being engineered by the government part of it is god's judgment is what we're seeing here we're going to be seeing you know the tick populations taking over and brain eating amoebas and and every wicked thing because the land is polluted with blood the land is cursed because of all the abortions because of all the sodomy going on all the sexual sins that are taking place all the abortions that are taking place in women's wombs that are on birth control because birth control can be abortifactant it's one of the ways it works not it's and there's no way to really know if that if that's what happened to you on a, in a given month if you aborted your baby or not but one of the ways birth control the pill the patch obviously are you 486 whatever morning after pill that's an abortion but there's all these other ways abortions are taking places that um i've never heard anybody really ever talk about from a pulpit standpoint from a sermon standpoint we always think of the abortion clinics but there's far greater amount of abortions that are occurring in women's wombs just that are on birth control because what happens is is you can still get pregnant on birth control but what ends up happening is the birth control because of the hormonal action creates an inhospitable environment for the uterus so the uterus is not see the uterus is where the fertilized egg has to implant and where it actually ends up growing as a baby okay what birth one of the ways birth control works is that it um does not allow an environment in the uterus where a fertilized egg can implant successfully so you're effectively aborting the baby now are those babies any less precious in god's eyes than the ones that are um being aborted at the abortion clinics life begins at conception the bible says before i knew the ordain the uh i i knew the and ordained the prophet under the nations to jeremiah before he knew jeremiah he knew him and ordained him a prophet under the nations I mean there's a lot of bible verses that talks about that so life begins at conception so all of this wickedness and sin and evil that we're seeing around us are defiling the land it's cursing the land and we're going to see more and more of this you know it's not going to get better it's going to get worse guys i'm sorry it's going to get worse from a biblical standpoint there's no bible for things getting better there's just not and i know that's depressing or whatever but you know am i therefore become your enemy because i tell you the truth this is galatians 4 16. i don't i wish i could have a nice positive happy but as a watchman i can't do that i i'm I'm responsible for what i see and i'm responsible to warn you about things and this is just evidence of that god's letting this happen then he goes on to say i wonder if 
I wonder if this is a decade of Corexit being dumped in the Gulf. I've talked about that extensively when they were doing that in the Gulf oil spill. Or just mutations of who knows what. But in my 44 years, it seems the past few years, the nasty bacteria in the water is now killing more and more people. Evidently, this brain-eating amoeba went up this guy's nose and I don't know if it eats your, I guess it eats your brain. That's how it worked. And he was like dead within like a day, I think, I believe. So it kills you real quick. The brain eating amoebas, you know, and you know, you look at a place like a water park and it's like, you know, people are going there and they're having fun and all, and, and the world is just covered in sin and people are obsessed with having fun and doing their thing. And maybe that's why part of the reason why it happened there. I'm not condemning everybody going there. It's just that, you know, you go to a water park. How do you go there and not sin with your eyes? How's that possible? The women are all walking around in, in, in either skin tight bathing suits or bikinis. They're not covered at all. How do you not sin with your eyes? The guys are all walking around half naked as well. A lot of them. Um, I'm sure a lot of bad things would transpire from that. So, I mean, it's a place where, where things are going on that are not biblical anyway. So, um, I'm talking about from a Christian standpoint. I'm talking about from a, from a purity standpoint here. Okay. So, um, let's see here. Never was flesh eating bacteria in the beaches. Now uncommon brain eating amoebas. I guess it could just be part of our judgment for letting the devils in charge destroy the earth while we sit back and do little to nothing about it. What do you think? And I, I guess I kind of told you what I just thought. Uh, my response, yes, I agree. That's why I covered this flesh-eating bacteria in the teaching before last. It will most likely only get worse as wickedness increases. Now, I give you the protocol for the flesh-eating bacteria again here, just so you know. Um, but the, as far as the brain-eating amoeba, um, what you could do as a preventative, let's say you went swimming in a lake or something, or you you went swimming somewhere and you were unsure about the water. One of the things you could do is you could um, you get a you you do it the same thing as as um, as how you treat a sinus infection. And what you do is you go you get a nasal spray atomizer bottle, like I don't know, maybe you have one at home, Afrin or whatever, and you can dump that garbage out that's in it. And then you put in there the 500 part per million silver in Vive. Okay, that's the strength you use. You could probably use higher strength if you wanted to use 11, but 500 is what in Vive tells me that I should tell people. And I give you how to make it if you've only got 5,000. I tell you how to do the math here. Uh, I put one drop of eucalyptus oil in the nasal spray bottle. It gives it a nice, kind of opens up the air pass, pathway. Just one drop's all you need. You don't need any more. And it gives it a, a nice smell. And um, that's a way you can directly treat sinus infections with the Invive. And the Invive won't sting when you spray it up the nose either. Like uh, probably a lot of other stuff. I give you my protocol for lung infections, how you use it in a nebulizer. And then I give you also if you want to do it in the ears for ear infections, otitis media. But you only do that, that if your eardrums are not ruptured. But then again, if your eardrums are ruptured, you really shouldn't be swimming. Because you're really, you're really asking for trouble there. I give you the protocol for that here in the pdf um and then for pink eye so if you were like really afraid what you could do is when you got out of the water you could hit your sinus cavities sinus passages with 
the Afrin, the uh, spray bottle. Now, I give you a link to a to um, SparkNaturals.com, and they have a blue glass nasal sprayer that works really good. It atomizes. You could hit your sinus passages with the 500 part per million. Make sure when you do that, you're tipping your head back and you're inhaling as you're doing it, and you're spraying multiple times, so you're saturating the inside of the nasal cavities. And then you could put the 500 part per million, couple drops in each ear. And then you could put the 50 part per million in your eyes. Because those are all ways the infections can come in, especially if you're swimming. And that way you'd kind of be covered there. And then I also give you the protocol if you want to make the silver cream. You just get aloe vera gel and add drops. Uh, add, um, you get aloe vera gel and then you add drops of the 5,000 part per million silver to the gel to the point where it starts to liquefy. And you can use that topically on things. You don't have to do that. But if you want, if you want something that's really gentle on the skin, the the silver's really not. It's not harsh on the skin though at all. When when I like my MRSA protocols and the, my flesh eating bacteria protocols, I don't have the aloe in there at all. I just put it on straight, and even ten thousand or ten seven you can put on straight. It's not going to hurt you, because in that particular case you don't want you don't want to dilute it at all. You want to go full bore because that stuff can kill you, really quick. I give you also again my um. It's necrotizing fasciitis or flesh-eating bacteria in MRSA protocol, multiple resistant Staph aureus. These are all the worst of the worst of the worst topical infections that you can get. I give you my protocol for that. And I would use 10,700 10, ES strength in Vive on those. I do it internally and I would also do it orally. Take it orally. I tell you how to do all that. The reason I'm saying that is because these are things that can kill you in a very short time period or spread very quickly. And you want to go after them in the most aggressive manner that I know of, and that's the Invive, and then you can also alternate Lugol's iodine and oregano oil over the infection sites as well. You can even alternate hydrogen peroxide over that. Um, but I tell you how to do all that here in the PDF for July 29th. Okay, I just I did cover though at length the um, flesh-eating bacteria. It was in the study before last or the last one if you want the full report on that now let's go further safety deposit uh safety deposit box warning uh this is another one from the q alerts i was reading the link on your site this morning and it was some new york times article about safety deposit safety deposit boxes at banks he says please let your readers know that they should never put their metals meaning gold silver precious metals stones whatever you got or cash in a safety deposit box ever I used to be a vice president at a very large bank and manage pieces of the SDB program. And since the Patriot Act was put in place, it is illegal to keep such items in there because it violates the anti-money laundering laws. The banks have the right to drill and confiscate the contents if they suspect such activities are in the SDB. Moreover, they may submit a suspicious activity report to the feds, which will potentially get you a generous um cavity check okay that probably not the greatest thing there but yeah so you know i've said that for years you don't don't trust the banks don't keep large amounts of money there if you got anything in paper i'd get out of it because when when the system collapses it's all your paper is going to be worth nothing and if at bare minimum you might be able to get pennies on the dollar when the collapse goes down and i'm not saying if the dollar collapses that the dollar is going to be worth anything and that's why you know to try to diversify with gold and silver but again as the lord leads i'm not telling you what to do i'm not telling you to go out and spend all your money on that that's between you and god 
but I feel like I've, I've given you a heads up and a warning. And, you know, if you don't know what to do, pray and fast about it. It's the best advice I can give you. Next report. Neuralink, the war against humanity goes mainstream. After warning us about the dangers of artificial intelligence, Elon Musk's Neuralink is now ready to merge man with machine in as early as 2020. That's next year, guys. That's how insane things are actually getting. With companies like Verichip, we have been hearing about implantable computer chips for over a decade. The latest office innovation is a microchip implanted in the skin. This is the first American company to ever try this. So what are they tracking? And would you say yes if your boss asked you to do the same? And while we have been conditioned over the years to accept the idea of an implantable chip, Elon Musk has been warning us of the dangers of artificial intelligence or AI. I'm really quite close to, I'm very close to the, to the cutting edge in AI and it scares the hell out of me. I try to convince people to slow down, slow down AI, to regulate AI. This was futile. I tried for years. The, the merge scenario with AI is the one that seems like probably the best. Like for if, us? Yes. Like if you if you can't beat it, join it. That's like the purpose of Neuralink is to create a high bandwidth interface to the brain such that we can be symbiotic with AI. One thing is for sure we will not control it. After successfully testing Neuralink on a monkey, made a, a, you know monkey has been able to control the computer with its brain. Just yeah. Elon Musk is ready to begin implanting his technology on humans as early as next year. The neurons of your brain connect to form a large network through axon-dendrite junctions called synapses. At these connection points, neurons communicate with each other using chemical signals called neurotransmitters. Neurotransmitters are released from the end of an axon in response to an electrical spike called an action potential. Action potentials produce an electric field that spreads from the neuron and can be detected by placing electrodes nearby, allowing recording of the information represented by a neuron. The Neuralink chip is made up of a thousand strands of electrodes that will be inserted into the brain by a specialized robot. The chip will act as a sensor affixed to the skull and an interface device will be placed behind the ear. The device will be controlled with an iPhone app. Elon Musk. See, this is how they're going to bring the iPhone eventually into your head, into into your into your eye gate, where the iPhone's going to be like in you. And again, this is like this is Mark of the Beast stuff here. I mean, this is what condition us all toward the Mark of the Beast. They're trying to get the tech inside us so that we're actually cyborgs. Because, see, if you have tech inside you like that, and, and it's controlling um, neuroprocesses, brain processes, interfacing with your brain, you're not fully human anymore. You're a cyborg. What a cyborg is is part man, part machine. And this is what they want to establish as the norm in society tells us that his technology will not take full control of our brain 
at least at first. And, and all this will, will occur actually, I think, quite slowly. Um, so I do want to emphasize that it's not going to be like suddenly. Elon Musk is, is so like he's just trying to be like really, you know, kind of subtle and downplay it. And, oh, you know, it's slow. It's not going to happen overnight, guys. It's OK. This guy's a devil from the pit of hell. OK, he warns about it. But at the same time, he's on the cutting edge of implementation of it. And it's the Kabbalistic principle. They have to warn you about what they're going to do to you prior to. But see, this is things. These are things that people are going to most likely beg for. They're going to line up and beg for it. Just like they're going to beg for the mark of the beast, most people. I believe that fully. And he's he's on the forefront of all this. Neuralink will have this incredible Neuralace and start taking over people's brains. Okay. Neuralace. I've heard a lot about that lately. And that, that is pure wickedness. It, it will take a long time. <laughs> and the Neuralink team is clear that the device is designed to put information into the brain. Um, the system, even in version one, that we're uh, going to unveil today, is capable of, of a thousand times more uh, electrodes than the, uh, the, the best system out there. And they're all read and write. My team focuses on building chips and systems to get neural signals recorded from our electrodes out of the brain and also to put information into the brain. Remember, we want bidirectional information. We don't only want to read information out of the brain. We want to be able to put it back into the brain. Now, to some of you, that may seem a little bit fantastical that you could write information into the brain. But actually, the, the basic building blocks of that technology are already there. Including having control over the body and our speech. <laughs> According to Elon... I'm sure they would never use that for any nefarious purpose. Neuralink is a way for mankind to merge with artificial intelligence. It, 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 ultimately... I mean, he's stuttering. He's, he knows... He's what he's foisting on humanity, and this is why I think he's he's stuttering and he's trying to like word it just perfectly that you know he knows what he's doing is evil. Yeah, this is gonna sound pretty weird, but um, <laughs> achieve a sort of symbiosis with artificial intelligence. So, uh, but this is, this is not a mandatory thing. This is soul damning stuff. Just so you know, this is soul damning stuff we're talking about here jesus christ didn't come back to save a bunch of cyborgs they're implanted with chips that can control their brain and control their speech and that can control their arms and legs and all this other stuff he didn't come back he didn't die on the cross to save cyborgs or nephilim you know so i mean it, it's red level insanity everywhere you look um this is a thing that you can choose to have if you want but I, I think even in a benign AI scenario, we will be left behind. Um, and so and hopefully it is a benign scenario. With um, a high bandwidth brain machine interface, I think we can actually go along for the ride. Um, and we can effectively have the option of merging with AI. Many Christians are concerned about this. Revelations 13 of the Bible warns of the mark of the beast a mark placed into the foreheads so that no man might buy or sell, save that he had the mark. Whether you believe this or not, it is fast becoming reality. While we act as if we have no choice but to create artificial intelligence and submit to its fate, right. we collectively sacrifice our own free will. And if we are unwilling to claim dominion over our own bodies, 
then we will most certainly get what we deserve. For InfoWars.com, this is Greg Reese. So that was a good report there. I don't play a lot from InfoWars anymore, but, you know, a report like that, you know, there's not a whole lot I can say against anything that they're putting out there. Um, okay, so next report. The perfect storm for a vaccine holocaust is here now. Now, what if you... I don't know if you've noticed this, but what I'm trying to really do, and I know I don't always successfully accomplish this, I'm trying to really rapid fire and get you as much content on a weekly basis now as I can possibly fit into teachings. Before, I was doing studies that were where I would really, really focus in on one thing for long periods of time. And I'm not saying I'm not doing that now, but I'm trying to like really go hit as many subjects because there's so much to warn about that... I've kind of been forced into that, but I think it kind of spices things up and keeps things a little bit more, maybe more um, interesting in the long run there. Okay, so this is from a Brighteon.com video, and this is Mike Adams' alternative platform. The perfect storm for vaccine holocaust is here now. I'm just going to, you know, play about, I don't know, seven or eight minutes of this. Vaccines are a vector for the mass murder of what the globalists call obedient, useless eaters sheeple people who the globalists see as stupid enough to line up and be injected with almost anything they will be called in a kill switch vaccination program and the way it will work is likely something like this first there will be a planned outbreak a release of an engineered bioweapon we saw a practice run for this with the measles outbreak at Disney World a few years ago, which was used to push SB277, the vaccine mandate, in California. Now this will be done on a global scale. An engineered bioweapon will be released in population centers in North America, Asia, Europe, probably South America and Africa as well. There will be calls for massive government funding of the vaccine industry to come up with a vaccine, and miraculously they will have a vaccine developed in record time. Everyone will be required to line up and take this vaccine shot, except globalists will have something that gives them immunity to what's going into the shot. The shot itself will be formulated to kill people who don't have the cure as a separate injection or perhaps an oral medication. In other words, a pre-immunity to the vaccine bioweapon. So if you are politically connected, if you work for the UN, if you're at the high enough levels of society, you will be given the, the inoculation against the bioweapon. But if you're not one of those people, you will be part of the group that's targeted for mass culling. The kill switch for humanity, it's a hard kill. Laws will be passed demanding that everyone line up to be injected. People who are not vaccinated will be disallowed from participating in public transportation. You won't be allowed to board an airplane. You may not even be allowed to go to work. You will be denied a bank account or banking services. You will be stripped of your professional licenses if you are a doctor or a nurse or a pharmacist or even a daycare worker. If you refuse to be vaccinated, you will lose your job. This is how they will achieve compliance with perhaps over 90% of the population. Everyone will line up to be injected. And in this injection, they will, of course, feed more bioengineered weapons. There will be viral strains in there with long latency that are programmed to activate 
perhaps months later, after people have carried and spread the viruses to others, including their families, their children, senior citizens, co-workers, and so on. The long latency period, combined with high transmissibility, including the ability to be transmitted through airborne means, will result in perhaps over 95% of the population being exposed to this bioengineered virus. Then the payload arrives. The payload is when the virus reaches criticality in terms of the host's cells, and then it begins to shred those cells, ripping them apart, kind of like Ebola, but perhaps not as violent, certainly not as quickly. Incubation periods will be stretched out for many months, remember, for the purpose of allowing it to spread. Once the payload begins to express itself, you will start to see people dying all in the streets, across all the cities around the world. Once that begins, the media will push a second round of vaccines. That second round of vaccines will be a shorter duration kill switch that will kill people within weeks, not months, perhaps days in certain cases. If you line up to be injected, you will find yourself very likely dead before very long. And this is the whole point. Vaccines have become weaponized. They are a kill switch vector for humanity. Remember, the globalists don't want humans to be around, at least not most of us. They want to depopulate the planet by 90%. Vaccines have been increasingly weaponized. The Catholic bishops, in fact, sent vaccine samples to labs in Africa and found that those vaccines given to young African women in Kenya were laced with infertility chemicals, HCG. These were United Nations vaccines. They were designed to cause widespread infertility and spontaneous abortions in order to reduce the population of Africans. Population reduction has always been one of the key goals of globalists. Back in 1971, President Richard Nixon's science advisor, and you can find this in a New York Times article, by the way, suggested that food being exported from the United States to Africa and third world nations be laced with infertility chemicals. And that wasn't the end of it either. Depopulation has been at the top of the list of globalists every decade since. Bill Gates, through his Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, has been funding infertility technologies, vaccine distribution technologies, and viral distribution systems, including the use of mosquitoes, insect-borne inoculation without consent. That's a Bill Gates special for you right there. These people don't want most of humanity to exist. Now, what they tell themselves, by the way, is that humanity is destroying the planet. They're not wrong about that, by the way, that particular point. Humanity is self-destructive. Humanity is a suicide cult. Humanity thinks short-term, not long-term. And if we continue on our current path, the way things are going, there is no question that human civilization will self-destruct. But the means by which globalists are going about what they think is saving the planet is really a mass killing, a mass die-off of humanity. They are now urgently moving up the timeline. To achieve this mass culling of about 90% of the human population within the next 10 to 15 years, that will give them enough time to replace much of human labor with automated systems, the rise of the robots. And as the human population is dying off during this period, it's notable that even the Second Amendment cannot save you. 
See, globalists have been trying to take away the guns for a very long period of time because they used to think maybe they could have a forced takeover of the United States, UN occupation, for example, flooding the borders and so on. They wanted to take away the guns from the American people, and they still do. But a bioengineered viral weapon cannot be shot with bullets. Firearms are useless. So by using that kind of weapon system, they bypass the Second Amendment. And by clamping down on the First Amendment, making sure that no one can speak out about the vaccines that are actually killing people, well, they've weaponized the First Amendment. And they've weaponized medicine. And they've weaponized the vaccine industry to be a almost a biblical scale weapon of mass destruction against humanity. And this so we have that. Um, well said. Well said. Now, <clears throat> these are all things to bear in mind. Uh, this is related, and it's um, there are there are awakenings going on, and this is a. V for vaccine damage protest at Comic Con in 2019. This just happened where you had, you know, I don't know, 50 people show up at this Comic Con convention in that V Guy Fox outfit where they're, I think I mentioned this in the last study, and they were uh, holding up all the stu stuff about vaccine damage signs and then handing out flyers. And then also, um, you know, we we've just there there has been kind of a um, of an awakening that I'm seeing here on on certain levels about this. Another report that um, Mike Adams had put out: autistic children kidnapped by state ends up in the in the child protective system, which relates heavily to what we just talked about before. Uh, before being trafficked, are they trying to disappear all the vaccine damaged children? Hmm, that'd be interesting. That way there's no evidence. And then they can use them for their human sacrifice and their sex toys and use them up before they sacrifice them. Wouldn't that be uh, something if they were trying to do that? Yeah. That's CPS for you. Now going further, this next report is Confessions of a, of a Prescription Drug Pusher, Gwen Olson. Gwen Olson was a top-ranked pharmaceutical representative and very good at her job. She was told how to influence the doctors to start prescribing new drugs. She never once exceeded her marketing budget. She would buy doctors gifts, pay for meals, happy hours, buy 500 boxes of Girl Scout cookies and slap her drug stickers all over them. And still couldn't come close to spending her monthly budget. <laughs> this is so wicked. She tried her best to exhaust her monthly expense account, but never could. She was a beautiful woman and admitted they used sex to sell to the doctors. Good-looking women, and in some cases, men. She was told she must dress in designer outfits, live in exclusive parts of town, drive a certain car to maintain her image. The pharmaceutical companies get you into the lifestyle to put you into debt, so if you do wake up to the evil, you can't leave because you're stuck in the lifestyle or you go bankrupt when you quit your job. They have very detailed files on doctors, so they know what they like, their personality, their sports teams, and how to get them to agree to push drugs. It's all about manipulation and mind control. She convinced a hard-to-sell doctor to try one of her drugs on his most challenging patient, who later died. That patient was the doctor's mother. This is the event that started getting her out of the business. When she started asking the hard questions, she was repeatedly told that information is above your pay grade. That's only Satan's pay grade, I guess. She details 
how all the drug studies are basically fake. They tell third world country labs who do the drug test the results they want to pay them and then they pay them hundreds of millions of dollars to get the desired result. Of course, with all this money, they always get the results they're looking for, which are then given to the FDA. And all the studies that fail or show problems are thrown in the trash and nobody ever knows about them. This is a huge scam and she tells how they do it all. Eventually, Gwen got into the natural health and became a big whistleblower against the scams of Big Pharma. She tells the inside scoop and scams in this interview. It tells you exactly how Big Pharma reps are just high-paid whores taught to manipulate the doctors into pushing drugs. Send this information everywhere. Let's cost these liars billions by waking up as many as we can to their frauds. Now, I'm not going to play the interview. It's like, I think, over an hour. I did listen to a large portion of it. Sounded awesome. Um, I give you a link here to the interview. Okay, so you can avail yourself to that if you like. Okay, so this next one we're going to be talking about uh, the uh, opiate pills, the um, what we get from the poppy plants that we're guarding over in Afghanistan and that our government flies in on C-40 planes. What happens to all of that? Between 2006 and 2012, three opioid drug makers and six distributors flooded the country with 76 billion pills of oxycodone and, and hydrocodone. Okay, only 76 billion. These highly addictive opioid pain medications that sparked the epidemic of, of abuse and overdoses that killed nearly, please, 100,000 people, please. Come on. That, that figure is so underblown. Anyway, they killed 100,000 people in that time period. As the epidemic surged over the seven-year period, so did the supply. Of course, because it's supply and demand. And we're increasing the opium production uh, over in Afghanistan that our troops are guarding. And that's a big reason that we 9-11 happened in the first place, so that we would have an excuse to go over to Afghanistan and take over the opium fields, because the Taliban had actually reduced the, pop, the uh, poppy production in a hugely significant fashion and we went over there and took back control over it and and uh that was a part of our fruit of being over there i've gotten into this many times in previous studies as the epidemic surged over the seven-year period so did the supply the company's increased distribution from 8.4 billion in 2006 to 12.6 billion in 2012 a jump of roughly 50 50 percent in all the deluge of pills was enough to supply every adult and child in the country with just about 36 opioid pills per year. Because everybody needs that many, of course. Just a 10-day supply can hook one in five people, or 20%, into being long-term users or addicts, researchers have determined. Stuff is highly, highly addictive. Just a 10-day supply, and you can be a junkie for life. The stunning supply figures, and they know that statistically that's going to happen, so that's why, you know, if you get if you stub your toe, they're going to get you on the stuff because they know that um, there's a 20% chance that you're, you'll end up becoming an addict and then when you can't get the opioid pills anymore because you're broke, then you'll go to heroin. That's, that's the whole thing. And then, you know, fentanyl and then you're dead because you don't really know with, with the heroin that's on the streets now, you don't really know what you're getting. If, it's, if there's too much fentanyl in it, it's, I don't know how many times stronger than heroin. And that's why people are dropping dead like crazy. It's all by design, on purpose. The stunning supply figures were first reported by the Washington Post and come from part of a database compiled by the Drug Enforcement Administration that tracked the fate of every opioid pill sold in America from manufacturers to individual pharmacies. A federal court in Ohio released the data this week as part of a massive consolidated court case against nearly two dozen opioid makers and distributors brought by nearly 
2,000 cities, towns, and countries. The local governments allege that opioid companies conspired to saturate the country with potent painkillers to soak up billions in profits. The companies, though, deny the allegations, arguing genuinely, gen, generally that they were serving the needs of the patients. No, they were serving the needs of their wallets is what they were doing. They were serving the needs of Satan. I mean, Satan wants to get turn us into a bunch of drug-addicted, you know, addicts. Because, you know, he's got you right where he wants you if that's the case. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and play a clip here from the Ted and Austin radio show. I want to just um, say that every broadcast that we've ever done since 2006 has been brought to you by you, the listeners. You're our, our only sponsor. Uh, I've never been approached by sponsors, ever. And I think it's because of the hardcore nature of the content and that I ruffle so many feathers and that I offend so many people over this content. While that's not my my goal, it just happens. So I've never even been approached by a sponsor. And nor would I want to do that because it seems like every ministry that I ever even tried to yoke up with, that turned into kind of a disaster. And it wasn't really on my end going after them. They always seemed to get wind of something that I did that they didn't like and they came after me. Okay, Maybe it's all on me. I don't know. But um, every broadcast that we've ever done since we've been around since 2006, like 13 roughly years, has been brought to you by you. That's your, your, you're our main sponsor. And I just kind of want to reiterate that because I've never really said that ever. Um, without your prayers, your donations, and the supplement orders, we would cease to exist. And um, things are getting worse and worse, and I think for a lot of, of different ministries, um, things are the prices of stuff, are, are we're starting to see that go up. Um, and I would just say, if, if you know, consider prayerfully partnering with us, if you want to keep us in the game, uh, to keep doing this. And again, I, I said, like, I've always said this before, if I have to start, you know, begging for money, I'm going to shut it down. And I'm not saying we're to that point, you know, where I'm, I'm, I want to do that or I'm threatening anybody. I'm just also wanting to be honest and, and just to let people know that, yeah, you're the reason. I mean, God is the reason we exist. Okay. But God through you, through the prayers, through the donations, through the supplement orders are the reason that we're here. And um, one of the things I saw this week on one of the products that I carry, the Intramax, which is probably the best product I have overall, as far as if you can only take one product, it's that liquid all-in-one 415. They reformulated it. It's Intramax 2.0. And I hadn't really, uh, I hadn't really been taking it a lot lately. And I, I alternate nutrients. I, I'll, I'll, I'll cycle in things and cycle things out. And I start doing a, a, a cap full of that stuff every day. And man, I'll tell you, um, I don't remember the original version having that kind of effect on me as far as um, well-being. But another thing it really does is it just knocks, for me personally, it just totally knocks out my appetite. The reason that is, is and it's there's got a lot of new stuff in there, but the vitamins in there are so highly absorbable that a lot of times the reason people crave things, particularly in today's day and age, is because they're so deficient in so many different cofactors and trace minerals and minerals and things of this nature. When you're taking it something like the Intramax, which is like the most highly absorbable liquid 
vitamin I know of, and it's got 415 plus ingredients in it, you're getting a shotgun, ton of different things, and, and you're covering a lot of bases. And if there's a, a big reason that, that people have cravings is because they've got a lot of deficiencies. And there's a myriad of reasons for these deficiencies. The soils are depleted. There's GMO foods. The, the, the foods that are growing out of the depleted soils, you know, um, they don't have any of the, if the soils are depleted, the food, the plants that are growing out of them are going to be depleted. And then if you feed those same foods to animals and you eat those animals, they're going to probably be deficient in a lot of different things. And the cycle carries on. So the, the foundational thing of, of any nutritional supplement program should be some type of good multivitamin, multimineral. The Intermax is about as good as I got. Unfortunately, it's expensive. It, it just flat out is. It's 81 a bottle. And I don't have anything to do with the pricing. I probably make less off that product from a percentage than any other product that I carry. Uh, but I will say that it's definitely one of the best. I have other alternatives like the innate formulas, the men's one a day, the men over 40 one a day, the women one a day, and the women over 40. And then uh, they also have just a straight one a day. And it's in a food base, and those are very good. They're a lot less money. If you do a one a day, each bottle lasts you for two months. Intramax, if you're doing a cap full a day, a bottle's only going to last you for a month. So, but you're getting, I really believe you're getting just a lot more overall in the Intramax because of the way it's formulated and all of the technology that they use in it. So anyway, I just want to throw that in there because that happened this week. I really noticed that it, it's not my imagination. I do a cap full of that stuff and it's like, I'm not hungry at all. I mean, I'm just going for hours without being hungry. And, um, you know, it's been, as you age, it's harder and harder, even if you're eating clean from what I've found. And it also depends on genetic factors. It's harder and harder to keep weight off. And things like intermittent fasting is one of the best things you can do. Whereas you're only eating like one main meal per day, you're fasting the rest, or maybe within a five-hour window you're getting your your meals in and you're fasting the rest it's one of the best things healthiest things you can do because you're giving your body a lot of times to fast it's also biblical i believe and a product like that i think could help you um achieve that because of the whole um how it knocks down the appetite so anyway and also if you order any of the products that i have and you order the silver the 5,000 or above, those strengths, the 5,000 or the 5,057ES or the 10,000 or the 107ES, you get free shipping on the whole order. You get free shipping. on It doesn't matter how big the order is. You get free shipping on the whole thing. So just even one bottle of 5,000, you're getting it at a discounted price, my special price of 95 a bottle. Now, this is not available off the website, off the dr-johnson.com website. It's not available. You, you got to... You got to contact me at the contact page. Listen, I don't high pressure anybody. It's not what I'm about. <laughs> if you can see, I have not high pressure people in this ministry. I don't think ever. If I have to start doing that stuff, again, I'll, I'll shut it down because then God's going to open up some other door. Um, but those are things that, you know, I just wanted to let you know or remind you of um, regarding that. So going further, Ted and Austin radio show. This is for July 2nd of this year. And this is, okay, this is when uh, Doug Hagman's son died. Now, I covered that, but this is what um, 
Ted Brower had to say about it. He says, my deepest condolences to the Hagman family for the passing of Joe Hagman. We as patriots and Christians must stand in unity. We, we have the authority of the believer. Um, these are subjects he's talking about. And then how drugs got started in the USA. An in-depth explanation. So this is a really good explanation of what we just talked about with the drug problem here and the drug crisis and how it's been created by design on purpose. So I'm going to try to get this in before this part ends here. I feel so sorry for Doug because Doug has done so much for Joe over the years, trying to help him to, you know, get rid of these habits and had put him on the show and had gotten Joe clean. And, and Joe just, um, you know, I, and I, and I love the brother. I mean, he's a, he was a great friend, but he made bad choices on who he hung out with. And uh, that's just the bottom line. And, and so we have to realize that, you know, the Bible says to us, and I say this over and over again, come ye up among them, be ye separate, touch not the unclean thing. And we have to understand as Christians that there's a certain places we don't go, certain things we don't do, certain people we don't hang out with. And if we do, they drag us into their ditch. And this is what happened with Joe. And Doug worked for years and years and years and did everything physically and humanly possible to help Joe. And so, uh, again, my deepest condolences go out to the Hagman family, to the relatives, and to all the people that were, you know, close to the family, and to all the people who knew Joe personally. It's a, it, This whole thing is a complete and total tragedy. And uh, it's, we've lost another member to the Patriot community, and, and it saddens all of us because they're all family. Doug has not asked me to do this, but I'm going to do this anyhow. I need all of you who knew the Hagmans, who listened to the show, who listened to me on the show, I want you to go to the Hagman you know, Report website, Doug's official, because there's a bunch of people out there that have set up a bunch of fake pages for GoFundMe now for Joe Hagman's funeral. It's all fake. Uh, Doug would never ask that. And so I want you to know that I want you to go to the website. And I've, I've never, I very rarely ever ask you guys to do this, because when I ask you to do it, you guys are overwhelmingly responsive. But if you give a dollar... or whatever to the Hagman Report today. Uh, I've already gone in and and given a substantial amount of money to help pay for funeral costs. Uh, I also, and Doug acknowledged this on the show last night, his wife was in Milwaukee. I went ahead and got her a ticket and flew her back over to to Erie. And, uh, you know, we're doing everything we possibly can because this is family. And so I need you guys to do this. And, I mean, if it's a dollar, $5, I mean, if, if, if everybody here gave a dollar, you know, would pay for the funeral multiple times that are listening right now. And so if you guys, and again, Doug has not asked me to do this and he would not ask me to do well, it. Well, the thing is, is when I heard the original broadcast that I think I even played on here, he wasn't asking for any money. He wasn't asking. He said, I can, I don't need any money for the funeral. So I don't know why he's saying that we're a month removed from this as well. This happened like a month ago. So I'm, I'm a little bit dated. I probably should have cut that part out because, um, this sometimes what happens is, is I get material and I want to play it that week and it gets, just keeps getting pushed back and pushed back. And that's what happened with this, with this report. So it's a little bit dated, but the stuff he's going to talk about with the, um, the medications and how it relates to Joe Hagman's death is, is solid gold. I hope he understands that the spirit with which I'm doing this, they need your support right now financially. They need it with prayers. They need it spiritually. They need everything because you know how much – this is like his only son, and I can't imagine how much he's hurting right now. So, again, my deepest condolences to, to Doug, to Joe's wife, to Joe's to, – to, to, to Renee, 
to Eric, all of the people that are involved in this nuclear family, I feel so sorry for all of you guys that you're going through this, and our prayers are with you. Austin, anything you want to add to that? Uh, I mean, ditto to everything you said. I mean, and this is this is a time, guys, when we all have to support one another. I mean, when stuff like this happens, it's rough on everybody. And, um, you know, a lot of us knew Joe personally. And, um, you know, when stuff like this happens, it's rough. But we always have to remember who's in control over everything as far as Jesus Christ and God Almighty. And you also have to remember, too, that this is being done specifically to completely and totally bring down the patriot movement, whether it be from the drugs, whether it be from all the different subversion in the mainstream media. And this is what we talk about all the time on the show, guys, is that this is being done intentionally. This isn't by accident. There's a reason why we're having the largest drug epidemic we've ever seen in this country. There's a reason why we have record amount of heroin and opiates and pills and morphine and fentanyl and everything on the streets now that we ever have before. This is a problem. And so it's absolutely crucial. If you have family, if you have friends, do the best you can to help them out and try to get them out of this if they start going down this rabbit hole. Because I've, I've seen it a lot of times. I'm, I've, this is not the first time I've watched this happen, and it's rough to see it happen. And when it does, you just have to remember to do the best you can to support the families and be there for them. And that's exactly what we're doing right now, Dad. You know, about five years ago, Sharon's brother had a real bad drug problem. My wife, Austin's mom, and she he ended up having this drug problem for years and years and years. And his father, Sharon's dad, refused to acknowledge it, refused to see it, and continued to enable it. And when he died of a heroin overdose, we went to the to the uh, investigator at the, at, the, at the death scene, and they had already moved Todd's body. And uh, and first thing he said to me was, who enabled this? Who enabled this behavior? Who supported him? To have you know the clothes he's wearing and all the other things that he has, and he's in as good a shape physically as he's in. Who supported him with this drug? And see, and this is the problem. This is called enablement. And see, and Doug didn't allow that. He didn't enable Joe. And so that's why a few months ago, you know, he pulled Joe off the show because Joe was not doing what he needed to do because he wasn't going to enable it. And see, guys, this is what parents do that are good parents. And Austin's right. When you see this stuff happening, you've got to be aware of the fact. But this is a fatal drug, and they're they're bringing this stuff in uncut now from Afghanistan. I mean, it's a major, major deal, and people need to realize all over the place. Our that government is bringing it in on C-40 transport planes, and they've been doing it since right after 9-11. I mean, they even went over there, and they show the, the troops guarding the poppy fields. Geraldo Rivera interviewed one of the majors. I've played the clip before, two different clips on, yeah, well, you know. We don't want to do this, even though that's a lie. But you know, it's their livelihood, and we got it. We got to protect their livelihood. Oh yeah, right. Okay, that makes so much sense. Stuff is just deadly poison, and I mean, and this stuff is so addictive. And you've got the opiate receptors in the brain and the dopamine triggers. And your first heroin high is your highest high you're ever going to have, is what I've been told. And from that point on, it takes increasingly larger amounts of heroin to get the same effect which ends up stopping the heart. Guys, it's so critical that if you know people that are involved in this. And let me go, first of all, I'm going to say something too real quick, but I'm going to stop this. I've tried to go to multiple sites this morning, and I'm getting 502 bad gateway sites. This is all the alternative news, the big yeah. ones. 502 bad gateways. And, uh, you know, if you guys ever have that happen with, you know, with, with us, always make sure you put healthmasters.com into the website. You, you go, you put the actual IP address. If you have to put www.healthmasters.com in, 
because there's now full-blown censorship. I mean, Drudge is completely down. I can't find it. And several of the other major reporting agencies are down. Now, Steve Quayle, he's also down. And now Breitbart is still up. So, I mean, so the whole thing is this. The alternative news is under full frontal assault. I mean, Doug now is going to do a full investigation into what happened with Joe. I mean, think through all of the stuff that's happening right now. We're in a battle, guys. And the problem is we have exposed these guys, especially on this show. This show is really out there as far as talking to you guys about what's going on. If you watch the Godfather movie, it talks about how they tied together the government and the mafia and the in the in the in the Vatican, it, you know, bringing drugs into the United States. In fact, it the Godfather, the one who basically Marvin Brando, he said, "I don't want to start bringing drugs to the people." And they said, no, we're going to start with Harlem. We're going to start with the blacks. And he goes, we're going to start with them. And we're going to bring these drugs in because we can make a lot of money. And they talk about what they did. This all happened with Lucky Luciano. When that one ship was sunk at its ports, and Luciano was going to go to prison. Lucky Luciano basically was pulled out of prison, pulled out of federal custody because he was running the, sh- the shipyards in New York City through the mafia. This actually happened during World War II. And they went into a pact with him. As far as working with the mafia, this is when it happened was in the mid 40s. And when what happened is at the end of the war, our generals went over to Chiang Kai-shek in China and they wanted to find out how they were carrying a million man army and they were paying for it. And they said, we give we give opium to the peasants. That's how we fund our million man standing army. And this is exactly what's happened in the United States. The United States at that point. Through the Exchange Stability Fund in 1934, they've been set up allowing the Rothschild banking cartel to take control of the Treasury. At that point, they started running and slinging their drug money, drug money through the Exchange Stability Fund to run black ops back in the mid-40s with the mafia, and they were using the mafia to distribute the drugs. Now, what ended up happening is this war in Southeast Asia started because the other crime cartels in Southeast Asia, the Asian mafia, they had gotten so big, they were slinging too much dope. And so we started our war primarily in Vietnam for only one reason, to get control of the poppy fields in Southeast Asia. Now, this is information that is very dangerous, and I'm telling you right now. This is what happened. Then we started doing the weather engineering, and we started flooding the Ho Chi Minh Trail with huge amounts of water to stop the transport of troops coming into Southeast Asia from North, from North, from North Vietnam. And when we did that, we just so – That's Project Popeye that we just talked about in recent studies that's on record – it's not, and that's how long we've been doing weather modification, and even before that, where we can flood, create droughts, do whatever. And so, all of the stuff that's going on today could either be either prevented, averted, or helped if it was like a drought type of thing. But they won't do any of that because they've got to get their order, the new world order, out of the chaos they're creating. The climate's so bad over there, the opium and the poppy stopped growing. And in the meantime, we were bringing in every casket. We were bringing in probably pretty much all the casket. I can't say every casket because I didn't check every casket. They were bringing in 50 kilos of heroin into the United States and to be distributed. The caskets of the dead bodies of the soldiers coming back from Vietnam. That's what he's in reference to. That's how they were getting the drugs back because nobody's going to look in a casket with an American flag over it of a, of a serviceman coming back from a dead serviceman coming back from Vietnam. That's how wicked and evil our government is. Through the mob into the grid the mafia dispersion unit and then they were they were gosh it's dangerous talking about this and they were funneling the money back through the vatican bank to keep it clean 
In other words, they were bringing the huge cash of deposits, putting it through the Vatican Bank in order to wash it. And then what happened is varying popes had different ideas what to do with all of this stuff if they were involved with it at all, if it wasn't the black pope doing it. And what ended up happening is Vietnam's drug supply completely collapsed, and they found that Afghanistan was the best climate they had found to grow poppy. And so they shifted their drug-growing facilities into Afghanistan. Well, then what happened is the Taliban came in, and they didn't want the drugs there anymore. And that basically we ended up in, in 2000, we ended up with a huge heroin shortage because the Taliban had pretty much shut down all of the poppy production. And that's why George Bush, <laughs> George Bush wasn't in charge. The people who took down building 9-11, building 7 was in charge. Uh, they, he basically, they, they decided to go into Afghanistan and bomb it to get the Taliban back out of control. And what they did is start planting poppy. By the time Obama was out of office, we had 5,000 square miles of poppy producing about 4.5 thousand metric tons of heroin per year. This, this heroin now was being funneled through the CIA, through their mafia connections, through a thousand lily pad bases around the world that the United States Air Force operates and owns and controls through the U.S. without customs intervention, which then brought that heroin back into the United States and other global communities to distribute it to continue to fund the black operations. It's become so profitable. Become, it's become the large, third largest commodity in the world. Number one is oil. Number two is natural gas. Number three is heroin. When Donald Trump took office, there were 5,000 square miles of heroin production, poppy production in Afghanistan. There are now 10,000 square miles, and they're producing 1.5 trillion. Thank you, Donald Trump. Yet one more contribution, doubling the heroin production uh, since you've take, taken office. I mean, bravo, Donald Trump. Dollars worth of heroin, bringing in 10,000 metric tons now. This is huge. This is huge, big money, big, big money, big money. And what they did, they decided to addict all the people in the United States after World but War II. See, this is how we make the, op the, the opioid pills we just talked about. It's not just heroin or fentanyl. That's how they make all of the opioid pills. Oxycontin and hydrocodone and all of those. Anything with an opiate-based painkiller is they've got to have the poppy to do that. As many as they could, as they did in the opium wars in China. Always remember this. These guys who run this planet... These Sabbatean, Kabbalist, Luciferians, synagogue of Satan, working with the mafia, working with the Council of 300, working with the Bilderberg Group, working with the Internet, the, the bloodlines, working with this pyramidal hierarchy of the Illuminati. It's easier just to say the guys who took down Building 7. That's just the easiest way to say it. That way it, it just makes it all like a more sense. The guys who spray the chemtrails on us, okay? It's this group of people now that run the planet and have run it. You know, for thousands of years, directly and indirectly. Now they're pretty much taking their gloves off and they're really, really coming after us because the new Gutenberg press, which is the internet, which allows me to tell you what I just told you in detail like that, has been a hindrance to these guys because they wanted to use the internet as an enslavement tool. They never thought that we had the ability and the resources and we're being led by the Holy Spirit to allow us to come in and now tell you what they've done. Because before, you couldn't find this stuff. You had to go through a periodic, you know, you had to go to the, the, to the Dewey Decimal System and pull out a card file in a doggone library and hope they might have a book on something about this. The worldwide information web that we have right now is the best tool we can possibly use to continue to expose these guys. But now we're getting 502, 502 gateways and, you know, bad gateways and all these different websites. So, guys, it's so important that we understand what we're fighting and who they are. These guys are Luciferians. You know, we can blame it on the Jews. It ain't the Jews, okay? It's a group of people that we call the synagogue of Satan. They claim to be Jews, a lot of them, but they're not. Right. It's George DeBoer, George Bush family. It's the Bill Clinton family. They're not Jewish. 
Okay, it, most of the people in the Bilderberger group, you know, aren't Jewish. It's a group of Luciferians who like to go to their weird parties in the middle of the night and worship the devil and drink blood and have all kinds of weird ceremonies. That's who's running the world. Okay, it's a group of Luciferians, and that's why I got into a very stark argument one time with Tex Mars when I was interviewing him on the Power Hour. It's all the Jews, the Jews, the Jews, the Jews. I said, wait, stop. I said, the Zionists, number one, are not approved by all the Jews, and not all the Zionists are Jews. I said, and not all Jews are involved with any of this stuff, so we can't blame it. It's like saying all Germans are bad. Yeah. Or all Tex Mars was one of those that just un blanketly, uniformly condemned the Jews, ignored all the New Testament things uh, in the Bible talks about about the jews that they're blindness in part until the fullness of the gentile come in and that they're beloved for the father's sake you, you just and that's the that's the risk you run of pushing all your chips in on one particular thing to the exclusion of reconciling the rest of the bible and people are bad or all russians are bad it's crap you can't say stuff like that right but what i but what's, what the problem is is that these sabbatean cabalists these luciferians the synagogue of satan run all the major media and run all the major corporations in the united states and in the world and then through their corporate interlocking directorships they control like 95 percent of the media and 95 percent of the money this is the problem that we have you got to follow the money and they're the ones that were funneling all this through the vatican bank it got so big they had to open up subsidiary banks start using other banks all over the world because the Vatican Bank couldn't handle the cash coming in from the $1.5 trillion in heroin money. They couldn't wash it fast enough. So we've got an entire global crime network that runs the planet. So understand this, that sure, there are a lot of people like Rosenstein or whatever with a Jewish name that are involved in all of this stuff, or Rothschild. The Bible is very clear. They claim to be Jews, but they're not. They're the synagogue of Satan. It's the same group of people who in the New Testament Jesus looked at him. They said, our father's Abraham. He says, no, your father's not Abraham. Your father's Lucifer. And called them out. Straight called them out to their face. And then, then again, it calls them out again in the book of Revelation, even more specifically. And this is one of the reasons they have an atavistic hatred of Jesus Christ and of Christianity. And they want to see it destroyed. Yep. So we've got corruption in the Protestant churches, in the Catholic churches, in the mainstream denominations. All of these different churches have got people involved in all of it that have been infiltrated and corrupt. George Soros is going into different Protestant churches now and paying off mortgages, provided they speak and say certain things from the pulpit. <laughs> this is happening all over the world. And guys, the thing about it is, it's not going to change. You know, all we can do is put a front up to try to stall it. But the reality is, this is going to continue to go and go and go and go until Christ comes back. We just have to stand in the gap. But in the meantime, we're losing people all over the world with heroin. You know, my, my brother-in-law, you know, now Joe Hagman, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to get teary-eyed about that because I really like the guy. And, you know, and it's not going to end. All of us right now can, tell, can talk about people that we know that have been touched with heroin. I've got another good friend of mine, a great friend of mine. I mean, one of my best friends for 20 years. And he had an issue, and he was able to break that opiate addiction years and years and years ago. But, guys, it changes people's personalities. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it'll, it'll give you phantom pain. If you, get on, if you have a, an injury and you end up having pain from the injury and you start taking opiates and the pain goes away, your body will recreate the pain in the head. It's not even there anymore to get you to take another opiate. It's called phantom pain. This stuff is really addictive. And these guys that run the planet, these guys who took down Building 7, these guys who go bump in the night, these guys know what it does and how it does it and how, and how addictive it is. And they want to continue to make sure that they keep everybody as addicted as they possibly can 
for as long as they possibly can. And if that doesn't kill them, they're going to get them on as many drugs as they possibly can. It's called pharmacia. That's what it says in the New Testament. And they get you on statin drugs. They get you on serotonin reuptake inhibitors. They get you on all kinds of other drugs. They get you on calcium channel blockers. They do everything they possibly can to come in to make you a victim, to take you out of the fight. Now they're telling us there's no boys and girls anymore. They're all whatever. They're transgenders. We can change people's whatever. Now the Democrats are trying to get us to fund transgender surgery so everybody can be an it or a what. I mean, come on, guys. This is a mental illness. This is called gender dysmorphia. That's what it's been called in the, in the, in the journals for, for 100 years. And now all of a sudden we're supposed to accept it and say it's okay if you want to be a boy, you want to be a girl, you want to be a dog, you want to be a cat, you want to be a chimpanzee. Be what you want to be. Be whatever you want to be. This is mental illness. But again, what they're doing, this all started back with the CIA, and it goes beyond that. It goes back to the Frankfurt School. It goes back to the communists with them bringing, bringing in modern art and taking the great masterpieces of Renoir and Rembrandt, all the ones that they did and all the beautiful paintings and the beautiful landscapes and all the beautiful people they could do all the drawings and everything else with them. They said, oh, this is not art anymore. This is art. And they got two squiggly lines on a piece of paper, and they say, oh, that's worth a million dollars. You go on the heck man it's not worth a million dollars two squiggly lines on a piece of paper my kindergarten kid could have done this see no 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 this is so and so this is worth a million dollars and you're like okay here's a million dollars okay now they push the value up so they make the art community accept this stuff and some of that stuff is just ridiculous you get a bunch of people a bunch of people welded a bunch of weird stuff together and say oh by the way this is art no it's not it's junk that's been welded together but they make you believe it because they wanted a paradigm shift to screw with your head that's why they started bringing, like Austin talked about this in detail yesterday, about how they brought all of these, this, this, this perversion into the elementary schools. They took prayer out of the elementary schools. This is the same group. This is that same synagogue of Satan. This is that same group that wants to destroy Jesus Christ because Jesus. So we have that. It goes on for an, another oh, half hour, roughly. Or no, actually. Um, yeah, about 40 minutes, actually. So if, if you want to avail yourself to that, um, that was a really great synopsis of what's going on here with the drugs. And I'm going to try to fit this video in here. Uh, Paradise, California lost 90% of its residents that they've determined now. Okay, sorry, that video's gone. Um, they must really not want you. When I did a keyword search for that, it's all mainstream news, CBS the Today Show, California Department of Consumer Affairs, AFP News Agency. I can't find one uh, alternative news report on that. And from what I can remember, essentially the, the cliff note version is that Paradise, California, they use the dues weapons, the directed energy weapons from above, like death from above, to, you know, uh, incinerate the houses into their own footprints and just like all of the other dues weapon things where they were in like subdivisions and things of this nature, the houses were burned literally into their own footprint and the, and the trees around them were left untouched in many, many cases. Not every place, but in a lot of them. And um, they, uh, that's why 90%, they lost 90% of the residents. They, and what ends up happening is, is what's going to end up happening is, is, very, very few people have returned as a result of that. And they're going to end up most likely using that. And I got into this in a previous teaching. That's going to be where I think a monorail they want to come through. I also believe there's a ton of mineral rights that are underneath paradise that the government wants to get. There was all of these nefarious reasons they wanted that land. Uh, and then what they did is then they sent 
six six inches of rain a few days after the paradise fire and what that did is it washed away a ton of the evidence the bodies i mean they were incinerated washed a lot of the bodies or buried them so that they they when that was all done and that was done by design on purpose with the water they would go in there and uh, say well you know all we don't know where these people ended up they probably just fled even though their their you know their their cars are incinerated their their houses are incinerated and you know there's no trace of them now because of all of that and then the rain covered up a ton of the evidence which was by design to bury a lot of the things that created flooding in the area and they're you know mission accomplished they kill 90 percent of the people there and they get the land they get the mineral rights they get their uh, monorail rail system through and i know there's other reasons too and uh just say it's it's mother nature and, and this is all man-made climate change and blame it on us so that's what they did uh, that's in a nutshell from what i remember from that video that's what it got into i can't even find any of the alternative videos when i do a keyword search for this on youtube uh, it's that there it's that repressive now and this is why i'm i'm glad i'm not on that platform i mean we've got thousands and thousands of of audios up on contendingfortruth.com that again is sponsored by my listeners and no one else i don't have to worry about youtube deplatforming me or relying on them to give me money um in order to survive or have i just never had a piece about that because i knew how wicked and evil youtube is a long time ago and everything that i ever thought was going to happen happened and i hate to say it but it did regarding youtube i just i saw it coming from a long time away and i just think god wanted me separate from all of that and i'm not coming down on the on the ministries out there that are using it because i know a lot of ministries are getting out a lot of truth and doing a lot of good but i look at all the the garbage they got to go through now and how you know like the guy in morfugal news has to say iran or, or rylan instead of iran because if he says the wrong word now he i couldn't do that i just <laughs> you know it's you can't even understand a lot of times what they're saying because they can't use certain words or they'll, or they'll get deplatformed or or kicked off of youtube so it's just red level insanity um wherever you turn so that's all we have for um this part and we will go to part oh, part four next god bless you